In the southeastern coastal region of India sits this state of Andhra Pradesh. Beginning in the 16th century, a region of the state known as Golconda became the premier location for mining and trading precious gems. For 300 years, merchants from around the world would travel to this specific area to search for diamonds that were of unmatched quality and size. Kings, sultans, and emperors all came to covet and desire the gems produced at the Golconda mines. Throughout history, some of the wealthiest and most powerful rulers throughout Asia and Europe all possessed massive diamonds that were brought up from the depths of the Indian mines. Legends and rumors swirl about some of the most notable diamonds that came from the area. Tales of jewels stolen from ancient temples and ancient gods seeking vengeance on those that would seek to possess their power. Of the multitude of world-famous diamonds that still survive to this day in collections around the world, one has been marked as perhaps one of the most cursed items in modern history. Many of those who possessed it in the past met grisly ends and suffered disastrous misfortune. This case file join the theorists as they talk nice about some evil ice in The Curse of the Hope Diamond. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 175, The Curse of the Hope Diamond. I'm Braden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. Woo, the boys are back in town. Cheers, boys. Like we never left town. We've always been in town. Why do you keep saying that? I haven't left my house in 11 months. Yeah, it's been a while. I'm allowed to. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately. Um, this is an interesting case file, but before we begin, what are you guys' thoughts on cursed objects? Like, do you think, do you guys believe in curse, cursed objects? Do you guys believe that there's, you know, like with gold and gems, that there's some, there's maybe properties to them that we don't fully understand, or they have powers that we don't quite know how to unlock? What are you guys' thoughts on that? The power of Hasbro imbues every Ouija board with haunted spirits, so I 100% believe. We, we played Ouija board one time here, left the planchette on. I'm telling you, the studio's been cursed ever since. So I, I believe. I believe that can happen. Andrew, what are you thinking? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is Little Bastard. That thing was fucking cursed for sure. What's Little Bastard? Little Bastard. That's uh, James Dean's fucking 550 poor spider. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, right, right, right. 100%. Sorry, yeah. has to be. You look at things like that and like, what about King Tut's tomb? Curse of King Tut. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. Mm -hmm. Very true. Um, I like to think about, um, I was thinking about like gold and gems, you know, like um, getting into this case file, I was looking into, I kind of got sidetracked down um, like um, some hit. Oh, what was that? Delivery. Thank you. What kind of cursed object just brought you those? <laughs> That's Mr. Conspiracy. <laughs> the most cursed object of them all. <laughs> 
but I, I was looking at like the powers and like Ooh, how wait they... a sec. So are you telling me just because this podcast career didn't turn out, he's working for Skip the Dishes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh I was looking at like getting into like the the Hindu uh like uh gems and the different power that different gems hold and you know how they tie in with astrology signs and stuff like that. So I was it was it was getting very interesting in like what they believe um how these gems and stuff what they can do for you under certain signs uh in the stars and stuff. But yeah, even cursed objects like I like to think about Annabelle. Oh, oh the fucking, fucking creepy fucking no, doll. Demon doll. I feel like all this, those fucking dolls are cursed, man. You see those things like you accidentally run into one of those in the middle of the night, you don't that, something's happening. No, you don't want to look it in the eye. No. Our most logical person. Dan, what do you think? I think there are certain objects or things like that that can perhaps, to some extent, uh, amplify or kind of, uh, what do I want to say? They, they affect our decision making in such a way that they can affect us ne- negatively. Whether that's some sort of innate property of the object maybe maybe not whether it's something that we create as a species that we that we place up like a a special value that we place upon that object or perhaps perhaps that whether you want to call it psychic energy or you want to call it whatever like those sentiments can perhaps be absorbed by some objects our, yeah, our collective psyche mm. case closed do that thing. buddy well, I, I wouldn't say just like cursed objects like things that would be considered bad that have uh you know or evil you can also have objects that you know imbue a certain person with the feeling of invincibility or perhaps invincibility or you know you hear about those kinds of legends you know excalibur um you know achilles helmet things like that samson's hair samson's hair (laughs) holy crosses Sure. Yeah. Pieces of the cross, things like that. Uh, Catholic relics, for example, there's tons of those. There's just a bunch of pieces of dead people. (laughs) I mean, okay. So like, are you trying to, are you saying that we kind of manifest these, these ideas with these objects? Cause we're like, we, we, we we may give them like that. We may give them the power sometimes. Sure. And whether, like but it. whether that's like an innate property of some of these objects, whether it's just like we're, we are, um, somehow predisposed to, to hmm. concentrate on certain objects, whether they're just shiny things, or is it something that is, you know, there's a confluence of events, you know, stars align and, you know, gamma rays, you know, you know affect a certain object. Turn into the Hulk. Yeah. Well, sure. Or like certain strands of the universe just seem to come together at a certain point in a certain place in a certain object. And that object becomes a uh, amplifier or it becomes a resonant, like resonant to psychic energy. I don't know. It could be something like that. Oh, now let's get into the case. We're obviously talking about the curse, a cursed object today. And uh, that is the hope diamond. And the Hope Diamond. I, blue. I don't know about I, you guys, but I thought that it was at the bottom of the ocean because I thought that <laughs> chick from Titanic cast it in there. That's, I that is definitely that was one a, of the most cursed objects that you I could throw that, that fucking was, diamond <laughs> at the did, bottom of the ocean. Was that you not like, called the Hope Diamond in the, in no, the Titanic? No, that was the heart of the sea. Heart of the ocean. Oh, the heart of the sea. But what? it was also based, but it was based off the Hope. It, some people say that they based it off the Hope Diamond. 
So I got oh, fucking 14 pages of notes on Titanic and why it sunk here because of the whole <laughs> right. diamond. And this is all pointless is what you're telling me? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Is there a bunch of sketches of your French girls in there? Yeah. Well, I, was, I was fucking painting Brayden like one of my French girls. Dude, Hope, yeah. Hope, Hope Diamond might have been on the Titanic and someone escaped, one of the survivors escaped with it. But that was the reason it sank in the first place. Fucking Billy Zane. I guarantee it. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> Um, I am actually slightly disappointed in the amount of people who have never heard of the Hope Diamond. Like I have, I have known about the Hope Diamond and the the curse of the Hope Diamond, like since I was a kid. But you know, I can chalk that up to being like I was into this stuff when a I nerd. was nerd, young, so. <laughs> nerds, <laughs> nerd alert. It, it's hilarious that you bring that up because initially this this case was going to be for like a Patreon uh, bonus one, right? Yep. And right. it was one of the few that I was actually going to be able to be a part of. And I'm like, I guess like half an hour before the fucking case, I was like, I guess I, sh I guess I should read up on this a little bit. And within like 10 minutes, I'm like, I've never heard of the Hope Diamond before. Within 10 minutes, I was like, holy fuck, this is awesome. Like I, I texted you guys right away. It's like, this has to be a real case file. This is nuts. Yeah, it's a very it's a very Indiana Jones kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like when you when you get straight down up, to it, straight it's, up, it belongs in a museum. <laughs> That's the one thing we is. learned about this. It is in a museum. It yeah. would it would oh, be yeah. fun to see a movie made about the Hope Diamond Force Gump style that follows <laughs> the gym through all these different time periods. And just all the events that transpire behind it. Yeah, exactly. I Gump. think it'd be good. So uh take my money. It'd just be like a bunch it. of Lieutenant Dan's, unfortunately, yeah. though. Everybody just losing limbs <laughs> and having terrible fucking outcomes. Ty dying you of got, disease. And, and, and spoiler alert, Lieutenant Dan doesn't get new legs in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so the Hope Diamond, uh, like we said before, uh, it belongs in a museum. It is a museum. It is on display at the Smithsonian uh, Museum of Natural History. I've seen it a couple of times. Like they keep it in this cool, uh, after renovations, they kind of keep it in this little, from what I understand, it's, it's like this cylindrical stand and then it like sinks into the, it's very like u.s constitution uh national treasure style like it sinks into the floor i think Mission impossible does it have all yeah. those like sick fucking lasers around it you no no it's very like sexy very... catherine zeta jones <laughs> no yeah just, uh, not that i see maybe they turn them on at night i'm yeah, not 100 sure don't lie to us you got all sexy the lasers are invisible zeta jones and went and looked at it yeah my black cat suit my black black spandex cat suit take a look <laughs> booty at it. in the air as you're sliding yeah. you lasers. should see dan limbo it was I am not that flexible. It was fucking middle of the day. Security's just like, what the fuck is this idiot doing? <laughs> uh, the Hope Diamond is a stunning, beautiful blue diamond. When I say blue, it is deep fucking blue. Like it is is absolutely amazing. Uh, it weighs over 45 carats. It is gigantic. Like It's like the it's, size of a fist almost. Well, it's, it's the size of a walnut. But it's like when you think of like a diamond, like a that's, pure cut diamond big... the size of a walnut. Big fucking, fucking diamond. diamond. And like if anyone if anyone's ever seen like a like a blue sapphire, they you know say this the blue of the Hope Diamond is the most the blue it's like the most beautiful blue sapphire you've ever seen, like the color. It's immaculate. Yeah, it is it is a very satisfyingly stunning hue of blue. Like it's it's really neat. And it's estimated to run about a quarter of a billion dollars today. Ooh. Jeez. How much it's worth. I tell you, if uh, that GameStop takes off, I'm buying it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking buying it. So the a bit of the Hope Diamond, like its its origins are a little bit mysterious, but we do uh historians have tracked it to uh one of the most famous mines in India, which were known as the Golconda 
uh, mines, which are now in India, oh, now in India, and they say it came from a specific mine called the Kulur mine. Now, uh, a little bit of history about diamonds. India was the only place that you could find diamonds for the longest time, like but like pre the 19th century. Um, pre De Beers, you couldn't you couldn't find them anywhere else, really. Or they were very rare. I feel right. like you, no one was really looking. That's why, because <laughs> they weren't they weren't that valuable until De Beers came along. Right. So are they? Yeah, they weren't really valuable until, um, like, well, I, I guess they didn't really start to spread outside of India. Nobody really find them because they kind they kind of are a little bit difficult to find. They don't just pop up out of nowhere, um, and nobody really put value on it as aside from people who lived in India. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, this. The actual diamond itself is part of a collection of what they call the, the Golconda diamonds. There are a number of diamonds from the same place, these same mines. And from, you know, until the end of the 19th century, most of the diamonds in the world came from this one place, from Golconda. Now, some of the largest diamonds in the world came from there. So if you look it up, there are also a bunch of other world famous diamonds, which include the colorist Kohinoor, uh, which is owned by the United Kingdom. You have the Blue Hope, that's ours, uh, in the US. You have the Daria Noor, which is in Iran. You have the White Regent from France, the Dresden Green from Germany, the colorist Orlov from Russia. And there's a couple other ones that have even been lost to time. Where's the Canadian uh, diamond? Nobody can find it. Hey, and listen, Whoever holds them right all there. together, whoever oh. holds them all together, <laughs> controls the universe. Yes, <laughs> I love. So I love the out. Russian. Like we have all these like beautiful, elaborate names for all the fucking countries, different diamonds. And then you get to Russia, and it's like, well, it's the colorless Orlov. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, well, it's, it's a white. So it's like a white diamond. So it's just the Orlov, I suppose. Not That's white, fair. colorless. That's a very, yeah. very Russian diamond. Just yeah, straight. Nothing good Nothing. to see here. Move along. So this wonderfully blue diamond comes with a very colorful legend. Um, it is said to be cursed because a lot of the owners are have are reported or allegedly have been befallen by a number of misfortunes. Uh, in 1666, Jean Baptiste Tavernier stole allegedly stole this diamond. Uh, originally went at its original size of 115.16 carats. And it is said that he stole it from the eye of a statue of the Hindu goddess Sita. Yeah. And I, and that's probably the most promising like story you hear about the origins. I mean, there is some that say uh, a, a Hindu monk had been like, Hey, this, this gem is just too nice to be sitting here. So he plucked it and sold it. Uh, to Jean Baptiste, but either way, either or. <laughs> and and for me, what I read actually was like a thief stole the diamond from one of the idols in the temple, which kind of goes along with that, but only to find himself trapped in that temple for a number of days, and then as soon as he was able to find his way out, the minute he stepped foot out of the temple, he died instantly. And that comes from Tavernier's uh, memoir, Right. And like, that's perfect. Like I totally, you guys picture like fucking Benny from the mummy. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> this yeah, shitty yeah. little thief. You yeah. know what I mean? Just fucking dies Benny! as soon as he's out. Yeah. And now wasn't the, the actual diamond that was stolen then was like, because I guess in India at the time they didn't cut diamonds. Like we cut them to be like flawless looking and shiny. They're just like a 
gigantic stone, like a huge gem. And that thing was like 115 carats. It's like almost. Yeah, you don't cut them. That that's like blasphemous. Right. In Hindu, they would only they'd only cut out uh, cracks and then like definite imperfections. And that was to keep like Uh, that was to keep it like as pure and as powerful as possible, pretty much, right? Right, because Indians back then, the belief in the Hindu religion was that these gems absorbed negative influences. So they formed like a kind of force field around whoever wore these gems and, you know, a set in jewelry or whatever. So, you know, this is why you see a lot of rulers back then wore a lot of diamonds and other gems, you know, bigger is better with them and those would provide the most protection not always better not not yeah. nowadays when <laughs> at least when, what i've been told a few times not nowadays when the one carrot costs like eight thousand dollars yeah <laughs> i also like i remember reading too that uh in the hindu culture at this point in time they believed that these gems and diamonds were actually the bone like the bones of the gods like fragments from the bones of the gods damn which is pretty fucking wild. But you know what? I just, this just occurred to me, man. Look at the fucking date that he found it. 1666, six, 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 man. Oh, number of the beast. Minus 1,000. Six, six, six. The number of the beast. The beast. Fucking Bruce Dickinson. Fuck <laughs> so Tavernier was a, uh, a jeweler collector and he, he trafficked, you know, mostly in diamonds and other gems. And he was known for this. So traveling back and forth between France and India. And when he returned from one of his trips uh, to India in 1668, he met with the, you know, infamous King Louis the 14th at his newly built palace of Versailles. Louis, Louis. So, and you know, if you've seen, if you watched any of the Versailles uh, TV show, which I like that one. That one's pretty good. Um, or you've ever been to Versailles, you know that King Louis had a penchant and a quite, you know, deep love of very shiny things, whether it was gold or jewels. Uh, Tavernier sold the king uh, this one at this time. It had been cut down to about 112 carats. And, and he sold him about 200 other diamonds at the time. Just a casual. He sold sack the of Hope diamonds. Diamond itself for two hundred and twenty thousand livres. At this point time. in time, it's not called the Hope Diamond, though, right, Dan? No, no, no it's not called at the time. At, at this time, I think when they when it's they gave called, it to King Louis. Hey, Louie. look at this blue diamond I stole. Yeah. It's the size of my fist. Well, Louis fucking names it, doesn't he? Right. It becomes the French blue. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, I, takes- I feel I I feel like the proper pronunciation of there is de France bleu. Yeah, mm. en the France, France bleu. en France bleu. Oh, <laughs> now, I say that it is a crazy bargain because it's estimated that the, the diamond at the time was probably worth about twice that amount. And historians have gone on to say that uh, Tavernier also received a patent of nobility in the deal. So he kind of sold them all these diamonds for this to basically be called Sir Tavernier. <laughs> Sir, that's it. Why not like the Baron Tavernier or something cool like that? Yeah, but Sir would have been the best. He's right. fucking knighted. <laughs> the Baron or the Baron something like that. You know, something you know, put your uh, your cool name on the on the front of there. Your title, whatever. You know. I mean, is there a cooler title than Baron? Come on, man. <laughs> Badass. Baron. So once Louis received this, the diamond was a little bit big and he figured it was a little bit too roughly shaped. So he had it cut down to about another 
you know, shaved off about half of it no to get to it about 67 carats. So they cut it in the style where it would actually sparkle and shine more than it had previously. It's insane. It's just insane. Like I'm so rich that, you know, this is worth more if it's bigger, but I'm like, fuck it. I don't like the shape. Let's just shave it off. If this is the bones of the gods, now you're really cursed. You're shaving them down. Well, it it would be about looks, though, too, right? Like their culture, the French culture would have a different idea of like how these things are supposed to look to look perfect. Right. And I imagine that's what he was going for. Going for the flawless look. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, jewel or gem crafting whatever you want to call it like gem cuttery i I forgot what like what the specific term is for it um back then was like evolving so it was like they they had begun to start uh cutting diamonds in very different styles and there was you know there was the demand to have these these jewels sparkle and shine you know when the light hits it you want to see it you know you want to be a fucking you want to be aware of fucking disco ball essentially I feel like that's his first mistake, though. Like, he could have just hung that shit from his neck like Flava Flav's claw. This <laughs> is giant fucking stone, you know? That would be yeah, and and the thing is, like, from, from most reports, like, he didn't even... Uh, historians have gone through the records. Like, he didn't even set it. Like, he didn't even set the diamond because Louis was, you know, famous and absolutely he's like i'm just gonna juggle this motherfucker (laughs) well no he just would tie it like he just had like a piece of uh like a piece of fabric that he set it in didn't even put it in like a a gold didn't set it in gold or silver or nothing like a necklace or anything like that we just wear it on a piece of like a piece of fabric like a piece of ribbon hey what do you think of my french bleu (laughs) it was a uh, at that time it probably would have been valued of around 3.6 million dollars in today's currency so you're just wearing this fucking almost four million dollar diamond on a piece of ribbon around your neck and just because you can yeah why not fucking cool fantastic now the diamond remained with the french royal family uh until it was actually stolen in 1792 during the revolution we got to interject quick, though, because we're hitting our first fucking little glimpse of the curse. Someone's dying. Before this happens, right? Because what happened to our boy, King Louis? It lost his head, I believe. No, oh, not, not this not King this Louis. Guy. Oh, that's not, not that Not this one. one. This one, unfortunately, died of gangrene. Oh, worse. And slower. All of his legitimate children. All of them died, died of gangrene. They died. Well, they didn't all die of gangrene, but they all died in childhood. <laughs> How, Which how many? I will say was not that fucking crazy to happen in these times. Obviously, like to have that's why you had five hundred children. So I think yeah, at least infant, one or two of them infant would make mortality it. rates were pretty high, but still, to every single one of them, and you're you're yeah. like royalty, like you have the most money to like keep your kids alive. Yeah, if, if anyone had any type of like doctor at the time, it would have been royalty yeah, right of course they could afford the like king louis could obviously afford the most expensive fucking leeches to save his children from whatever ailments they had but like, but then you could say like medical practices at that time were probably killing yeah, killing your just as many people your priest yeah, killing just as many He's, people as you're saving yeah fucking drink uh, this potion it'll save you so we have our first owner that's met his demise from the fucking diamond Right. The French bleu. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, after the revolution, we all know what happened after that. Uh, that was Louis the Fourteenth and Marie Antoinette, both the beheaded. Goodbye. <laughs> both lost their heads, and so some attribute that to the curse of the Hope Diamond as well. 
and well, obviously had nothing to do with the edict of knots or anything like that, but that's another no, no. story. Mostly hope um, diamond. But we also have another victim of that met their unfortunate device, um, Marie Lu- uh, Louise, who was known as the Princess de Lamballe. And I guess she was um, Marie Antoinette's fucking number one confidant. She was royalty as well. She was a member of her court. And Marie Antoinette actually let her wear this this um, uh, the, the French bleu on multiple occasions. And she was actually more like recognized with it more than the king and queen themselves. She had plenty of portraits and everything like that painted with it. So we know what happened to the king and queen. They both got beheaded. So hold on, just just because I kind of got confused on the thing. It, the original King Louis had it. It was yeah. it was stolen during the French Revolution. Yep. Well, this is we haven't even I'm I'm backtracking a tiny bit. Yeah. So yeah. let's go back. King, the, the first King Louis died, gangrene, all his kids died. And it, the his, diamond stays in the family. It doesn't get stolen. It stays in the family. Yeah. Oh, okay. The King Louis the Fourteenth, is that Dan? Is that his nephew? What is who is King Louis the Fourteenth? How is he is he a nephew? Is he uh, I, I can't remember. It's like he's, he's not even nephew. I think he's kind of a red a cousin or something. I can't remember. I think remember. how families work back then, he might even be an uncle. <laughs> I don't he know. probably wouldn't uncle. be wrong. It'd be something weird like that. It's uh, <laughs> I can't remember if he was actually related. French? There's some weird thing about it where they brought him in, and it's like he's not. He was like from the. He was from Britain or something. I don't know. I can't. Like, either way, like, he actually went by King Louis. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, back then it was all royalty was all kind of mixed together. So you had like if you had a king die, you can't have the the you can't have the the throne be empty. So they would like go through the things and they'd find out like oh we married off this lady to you know to to British royalty or whatever. So now we're gonna bring them back and they had a son and now we're gonna bring him back. I can't remember if he was actually. I can't remember if he was actually from France. There's some surreal princess diaries moments. <laughs> yeah. You know, he just came and knocked on his door yeah. and they're like, congratulations. You're yeah. a fucking king. I'd have to, I'd um, have to like brush up on my, uh, my like French okay. Royal family, family trees. But so, yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff in there. So we backtrack King Louis died of gangrene. He passed it on to his cousin's uncle's nephew's son, something or other. Sounds about right. Him and his wife, Mary Antoinette, they told people to eat cake. They didn't like it. They chopped off their heads. Mm-hmm. Their close confidant, this Mary Louise Princess de Lamballe, was really associated with wearing this uh, the France Bleu on multiple occasions. So during this whole revolution, an angry mob recognized her and knew, you know, recognized her from the fucking from the pictures and that she was wearing it and stuff like that. So she's probably got the worst end of the fucking stick on this whole this whole case <laughs> file. Apparently, they bashed her head in with a fucking hammer. Then they decapitated her, stripped her, and disemboweled her. And then mounted on a head was mounted on a spike. I don't know how you would do it after it's already been pulverized and beaten to a pulp. I guess they just hung it there. They didn't actually put it on. Just a, Viva la revolution! A flap of a face just hanging off a pike. Man, that's crazy. And they didn't even have violent video games to blame this shit on. <laughs> <laughs> so then Dan was saying it was stolen. So I guess... It was stored in a royal warehouse after the king and uh, king and queen fled Paris. So this is like 1791, and in this this royal warehouse was raided by thieves. And I guess like it was this big elaborate Mission Impossible, Catherine Zayton Jones fucking scheme to break into this warehouse and start looting it. And then they realized they're like, well, that was pretty fucking easy. So they went and robbed it again the next night, and then the next night, the next night, the next night, and then the next night. 
And then on the fifth night of fucking finishing looting it, they decided to throw a fucking party in there because they're like, <laughs> fuck it. You know what I mean? The Why not? going to catch us. We own this shit. Why not? So, and then it kind of disappears for a while, right? Nobody really hears of it. And then two decades later, it pops up. And I think um, around 1812, I could be wrong. Um, and the reason why we think that it disappeared for that, you know, certain amount of time, because in 1804, Napoleon, after becoming the first emperor of France, established a 20 year statute of limitations for any crimes committed during the revolution. Fuck. And then within two days of the, of that statute running out, pops it pops right up. back up. It pops right back up in a, like a, I, I was it a, a British, uh, a British jeweler by the name of John Franson, uh, pops up with it. But at this point in time, it's much smaller. So they're not entirely sure it's the same. that this is the Hope Diamond. We just know it's this beautiful blue diamond that is, you know, somewhat similar. Right. So you might even, at this point, it might not even be the original French blue. We're not 100% sure. We're rel probably like 90% sure that it is the same one. Um, there are unconfirmed reports that it also belonged to Britain's King George IV who they say had sold off this diamond, this large, brilliant blue diamond to pay off his enormous debts, which I think is a whole story in itself. He's probably, uh, from what I read, he is probably one of Britain's like least liked monarchs because he like ran <laughs> the entire lot. country into debt. Yeah. It's so pretty there, there's no recorded evidence of that in the in uh, British treasury. But in 1822, there was a portrait painted of King George that depicts him wearing, wearing a large blue diamond with the fuck. I'm going to like the order of the blue fleece. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Is it so, the blue fleece or the, the blue fleece? Okay. Cause the there's, there's fleece. an order of the golden know. fleece, which is order golden thing. gold fleece. Yeah. Maybe order the gold of the golden fleece. fleece. So there, there is a picture of that and it kind of like, so there's no record of it, which kind of makes sense because at this point in time, he couldn't be strutting around the public wearing the fucking French bleu considering the climate at that time, right? Because what is, this is 1822. You didn't, you didn't want to stir more shit up with France, right? Like they, this was like volatile, volatile times between these two fucking countries. So that kind of makes sense to me. I don't, that doesn't, I, you know what I mean? Like I don't, that doesn't seem too far fetched. Right. And then doesn't he fucking die in a terrible way too? Like in, 1830, he dies of like a perforated bowel or something yep. like that. Something fucking mm -hmm. horrible. Curse. Pretty shitty. <laughs> I mean, right? The curse continues. So we got we got people getting hit in the head with cameras, ripped apart, dying of gangrene. We got people losing their fucking heads. So far, as far as we know, everybody that's owned this diamond, except for Tavernier, which we'll touch on again soon, I'm sure, have fucking died. Yeah, and all that stuff wouldn't be... Before their time. It wouldn't be out of the ordinary... I mean, a lot of people died like that, but because all these people were in contact with this diamond that was stolen from a, you know, Hindu god statue, maybe as a, you know, we got a cursed diamond, people are dying, and it keeps going. So you have the estate of King George IV who sells off the diamond to uh, Henry Philip Hope, and he is the namesake for the diamond, as it currently is. And you know, I... That's surprising to me because when I was reading this, I was like, when I heard hope, I was like, obviously it's like a shortened version of, I hope I don't get fucking disemboweled and smashed the head with a hammer. Or I hope, <laughs> hope I don't, I don't die. get eaten by, you know, like I had no idea it had to do with his last name, but all right. You better hope <laughs> some bad not going to fall I hope this curse isn't real. Diamond. 
uh yeah well uh whatever hopes henry hope had probably didn't last too long because he also is said to have suffered a series of misfortunes after coming into contact with the his hope diamond uh including the death of his only son and he died a year after unveiling this fucking diamond fuck yeah fuck so after his death there uh in 1839 so like a year after you know less than a year year after uh there was a ton of litigation between his relatives on who was going to uh inherit the diamond it eventually ended up being passed to his nephew henry thomas hope uh, or sorry uh lord francis hope yeah sure it passed to his sorry it passed to his nephew henry thomas hope and then to the nephew's grandson, Lord Francis Hope. <laughs> so it kind of, yeah, it's, it's been passed. It passes through what? Two generations of three generations of hopes. And, and then and this is, this is cool because this, once it gets passed down to Francis, they, they put it in an exhibition and ever like it, 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 it was gaining like tons of popularity. Lots of people came, yeah, lots of crowds came to see it. They're and like, we got the when oldest they put tractor together. and this cool gym. <laughs> Holy fuck. You, I was my joke. And you took it. Oh, right you bastard. <laughs> Snipes. Sniped. <laughs> um, so it started gaining all this popularity and that's when people started putting it together. Like, Holy fuck. That's the fucking French. Bleh, just cut down. Right. Right. And even, Apparently, not even like just just coming in contact with the diamond, like we said, happened with uh, Marie Antoinette's uh, lady of the court. Just coming in contact with the Hope Diamond was enough to uh, to cause misfortune in your life, because even one Dutch jeweler, Wilhelm Falls, uh, was murdered by his son when he was actually recut it after he had recut it, the diamond uh, you know, another time, like again, and it got recut. And then he, his son murdered him and stole the diamond. And then, so, and then the son actually committed suicide. And that, which is nuts to me too, because right before those guys got the fucking diamond to cut it down, remember Francis hope was the last guy to have it that we know of. Right? Yeah. Francis hope. Um, and his American actress wife, Mary Yohi, they inherited crazy fucking money from from their the fam the Hope family, right? Squandered all the money, broke as fuck, divorced. Francis loses his leg in a hunting accident and then dies soon soon after that. Mary Yohi, who was like a really famous actress, lost all her work, couldn't find any more work. Decided to open a fucking bed and breakfast called the Blue Diamond Inn. Burnt down a year after opening it. Okay. She lived a long life, which is interesting. She didn't, she didn't meet her demise. I think she's the first person that didn't fucking die. You know what I mean? Something ridiculous. A premature gruesome death. <laughs> yeah. But a lot but of misfortune. Had, a lot so of misfortune. After, after Dan, Dan was mentioning the Wilhelm Fells and their entire family got fucking obliterated by this diamond. Um, it was put up for auction. And in 1908, a Turkish Sultan by the name of Abdul Hamid, purchased the diamond. Oh, I like that accent. Say that name again. Abdul Hamid? Yeah, that's good. That was perfect. You like it? Yep. Yeah. It's almost like it's natural. Almost. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> um, <laughs> he purchased it in an auction. And like he was, I, you know, 1908. Is that not around the same time as the fucking Ottoman Empire? Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, they would still be there, yeah. 
And what happens to those fuckers? Massive revolution, everything destroyed, loses everything. Curse and then Luke. he has to fucking sell off his family heirlooms, including the Hope Diamond. So now uh, when you get to the 20th century, eventually the Hope Diamond comes into the possession of the famed Julier Pierre Cartier. Cartier. And he decided that the diamond should be sold to the American heiress Evelyn Walsh McLean. And if you are familiar with McLean, Virginia, which I am because I'm from Virginia, <laughs> and I've heard of McLean, Virginia. That's who it's named after that family, the McLeans. Mm, like they were, which, were extraordinarily rich, which is such a fucking cool backstory, right? Because like she terribly poor family of Irish immigrants and the dad struck it rich fucking uh, gold mining. Like they were fucking poor. They lived in like a boxcar or something ridiculous. And he just got a lucky plot and hit it rich. And yep. boom. I was back. That was the, the, you know, the American dream back then, early, like early 20th century. Gold rush. Actually, Evelyn McLean was not initially interested in purchasing the stone. She didn't really see any reason to buy it. But Cartier was clever enough to. You know, sometimes it takes a little bit of history for someone to actually want to get something. They want to be part of, you know, the story of this mm -hmm. uh, wonderful relic slash piece of jewelry. So he put together an entire story like he put this this thing um an entire legend together. And some of it, which some people say is part of. Uh, the Tavernier legend that perhaps that was part of it when he stole the diamond that was perhaps Pierre Cartier had fabricated that that specific piece of, he was the, the one, of the origin he was the one that put forward that they actually ended up tracking Tavernier down to a tombstone in Moscow and that was his last known whereabouts and he apparently met his demise by being fucking mauled and torn apart by a pack of wild dogs. Right. I'm not even sure if it was that. It's like, I don't even know if the dogs killed him. He might have died <clears> from like a uh, like disease or being robbed. And then the dog like, tore apart his body yeah, been, after he was dead. Could have been I think a, there's two like there's. Yeah, could have been a, mor kind of, a mortal wound and he died and then eaten as by scavengers. Ripped, apart, yeah, ripped apart by a pack of wild dogs. Either yeah, way. And he probably didn't die of natural causes. No, definitely died not. of curse due to gems um now before we continue with the the history from this point on let's take a quick beer break and we'll be right back yo what's up everybody just a quick announcement if you haven't listened yet check out our new show cosmic channels we have 20 episodes and season two is underway call in february 7th let's hear your story on ghosts and the paranormal then the 14th give us your thoughts on elisa lamb the 21st, let's talk some UFOs and aliens. And the 28th, open lines, any topic, call in. We want to hear from you. The number, 1-833-703-0424. You can watch the show live on YouTube and Twitch. Just search for Cosmic Channels or find the link in the podcast description. Peace. Back to the show. So Pierre Cartier decides to weave together this, this story um, which is based on uh, a novel called The Moonstone, which Cartier was also kind of a bit 
obsessed with and it had been written by english author wilkie collins and in this story it was about a yellow diamond that had been a part of an idol of a hindu deity in a temple of india which if you go back to this time like around these times like every single story about a diamond if it's cursed it came from india like <laughs> <laughs> you could also say that's a product of because a lot of diamonds did come from India they, back yeah, then. They came, the from, all came from there. Yeah, like all the all the famous ones came from there. So right. it's not so, too much of a stretch. So now in that story, it is the the diamond embodied the power of this god, and then it was looted by Muslim conqueror. It was taken to his tre his treasury. And then British colonial soldiers came along, ended up looting the treasury after a battle, and they take the diamond back to England. So, did anyone get the Kalima? The, the Kalima? Kalima. Well, I know, but the, are you talking about the Shankar stones? Did anybody get their heart ripped out? <laughs> I don't think so. With a bare hand and just beating. <laughs> I don't think dub, so. Dub, Not in this one. Dub, dub. Okay, let's disappoint it. Maybe Cartier had got his hands on the Shankara stones. Not sure. Maybe one. Maybe all three. Not sure. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> the one question I have about that, like, because it does, it sounds so similar to what we're talking about today. But so Moonstone came in 1868. When did Tavernier's memoirs come out? Tavernier's memoirs? Yeah, because um... maybe, maybe he they got the idea from Moonstone from Tavernier's fucking memoirs. Possible. Possible. Right. That's yeah. yeah. That, very good possibility. So now in 1910, uh, Cartier shows off the, the diamond to Evelyn Walsh McLean. Uh, it, currently, she was at that time, she was residing in Washington, D.C., and she didn't like the actual setting of the stone. So Cartier had the diamond reset. And then he took it to the U.S. and then he left it. I guess this is just the thing that you do. I, I think, I, you know, I don't, He's I'm not like, rich. He's like, hey, listen, put it on. <laughs> see how it makes you feel for the weekend. Try it exactly. on for size. It's genius, though. It's like you're fuck, you deal with the car salesman. <laughs> and he drops off your brand new fucking Porsche. He's like, hey, listen, just drive it for a fucking weekend. Just test well, it out. The, see how they have that, though, now? It's like you can have a weekend like That's you can genius. have a weekend drive or something or whatever. Yeah, probably. It's ahead of its time because you, you drive this fucking Porsche for a week and then you go back to your shitty fucking Honda Civic and you're like, wow, oh, this isn't going to work. Well, <laughs> hey, I got to go. It worked in this case because Evelyn Walsh McLean, after the weekend, want, she wants the diamond. She even, like, in some of the things I've read, said that the diamond spoke to her. She they just yeah. earned, she, like, yearned for it. She couldn't, she couldn't be without it after the weekend. And she was well aware of these supposed curses. And apparently that's what attracted her to it more because she was like overheard saying stuff like people's other people's bad luck is my good luck. Like she wasn't phased by this shit. Yeah. So sometimes that's that's all it takes. It takes a little bit of story, a little bit of legend, a little bit of magic. Somebody wants to own it. So they went ahead and it stayed with the McLeans <laughs> for quite a while. It's amazing to me because I'm like, I'm the type of person where I'm like I'm like looking at buying a house or renting something or something like that and I'm like so anybody died in this fucking place they're like yep I'm like well next see you I'm later good. I don't want to live there that's fucking that's wrecked oh there's an ancient Indian burial burial ground across the street nope I'm good no thank I'm you I'm the opposite that's exactly what I look for yeah you're fucking you're an undead vampire like living <laughs> no he's just cheap he wants a deal I want the fucking <laughs> yeah. deal man it's, yeah if the house is five hundred. 
it, someone's murdered in it, you take 25% off the top right away. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> so eventually, after Mc, Mrs. McLean passes, uh, her estate uh, sells the jewelry collection off, including the Hope Diamond, in 1949 to Harry Winston of New York City. And this this collection, I guess, I mean, they were the McLeans. They were super fucking rich. So they had all this stuff. So this had not only the, you know, 100 carat fucking this giant ass diamond of the Hope Diamond, but you also had a 94.8 carat Star of the East Diamond. You had a 15 carat Star of the South Diamond. And then you had the nine, uh, nine carat green diamond and a 31 carat diamond, which is now called the McLean diamond. Now, not to pass over though, but like these people's life after purchasing this diamond was not all fucking sunshine and lollipops. No. Right. They nope. ended up fucking, they divorced, lost their riches. Uh, they lost a young son. Like, okay. What kind of fucking cars were they driving back then? Like model a fucking you know what or I mean? 1910. Yeah, the the model the yeah. model Fords for sure. Model A fucking pretty much pedal powered Flintstones yeah. cars, <laughs> yeah. basically. Their their fucking child gets hit by a car and dies. These things are going. I mean, those things like, can still pretty cruise though. Yeah, like, oh, can they? Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, you could. You so, could going up twenty thirty. So yeah. they lost the young son. They divorced. Uh, the the, the husband, the, the father, died. You know what I mean? At a young age. She ended up kind of doing right by herself after she sold the diamond. She ended up opening like they she lost everything and used that money to buy some type of house where she housed injured war vets and fed them, gave them a good life, you know, some good fucking karma points. But still her their oldest daughter, 19 years old, married a fucking 50 year old politician, which was her ex. <laughs> and she ended up dying at a young age. And then within months after her daughter died, she died possibly of like depression and grief after her child died or right curse. so these people four years sorry you know what i mean like sounds like their life went to fucking somewhat shit cursed too. Yeah. cursed fucking cursed we should have had a fucking soundboard of the fucking the like lord of the rings with like anytime we said hope diamond fuck perfect you can add that in right now Harry Winston is the final personal owner of the Hope Diamond. Uh, on no <laughs> in November 10th, 1958, they go ahead and had his uh, company, uh, Harry Winston Incorporated. They donated the Hope Diamond to the Smithsonian, where it still rests to this day. And you can go see it if you want. And Dan has seen it. So what year did he donate this? Where did he donate? did he donate? Which one was it? Sorry. The Smithsonian Natural History Museum? Yeah, when did he, what year did he donate? 1958. This? So this is, I, I'm just curious, because it's like everybody goes off and says like, this is, yeah, the curse is over. It's been donated to this fucking museum. Indiana Jones would be happy. It sure. belongs in the museum. It's there. You know what I mean? But is the curse dead? How how has America been doing since that? Have they won a war since 1958? <laughs> have they prospered since 1958? Whole, I don't know. God, the whole damn, country's cursed. Country is cursed. Well, dude, I cursed think it's probably every, a little. Wait, hey, it's probably wait, a few more things than the diamond. Dude, think but, about uh, it. It could be a contributing factor. Think about how many people yeah. have laid eyes on the diamond in America over the last 50 years. How many of those people have died? Well, I'll say a this: lot, like, a lot. So there's some interesting. <laughs> there's some interesting things about the diamond. Is that 
it seems to glow. Like if you hold it up to light and then in the dark, the diamond, the diamond like absorbs it and gives off like a glow. And if you give it phosphorescence, to, phosphorescence, especially nice. if you there hold you it to what I like to call ultraviolet light, it uh, glows. It gives a <laughs> it gives a red glow, right? Which is unbelievably rare. They don't know why it does this, right? They there's some mix of boron and nitrogen with the stone. Um, but it seems to absorb energy of some kind, right? If it's giving a glow. Now, when you look at like the Hindu culture and like what they were, like I was kind of looking into like what they believe like gems do and stuff. Um, I found it interesting. One of the things is like blue sapphire gemstones, especially in the Hindu culture, like have so many um, like like things they can do for you uh, benefits. Um and I'm going to just read some of these. Uh, they can bless you with wealth, good luck, opportunity, promotion uh, within one day uh, or month of wearing it. Um, they say it's a highly protective gemstone. It protects against enemies, uh, hexing, jealousy. It gives you mental clarity, clears confusion, improves digestion, does all this thing. It can impact wealth levels, boost the finances, all this stuff. And when you look at the Hope Diamond, you're like, this, this this thing does the polar opposite for people. So then I was wondering, like, maybe if this thing's absorbing energies and stuff, could you imagine that if it's just been absorbing all this negative energy over the years, right? Like, evolve, if someone stole that diamond, the anxiety that they would feel and, like, the, like, oh, holy fuck, I can't believe I stole this from a temple. Like, the guilt that you would, like, sh pass on into this diamond before it hands off to the next person... And yeah, if the that, guilt until you get paid, then you're yeah. like, yes. And then you die instantly. And get yeah. torn apart by rabid dogs. Yeah. I, I just I just found that interesting. And I was like, maybe it has something to do with, you know, the, the you know, karma is a big thing in the Hindu culture, too. So it's like being pulled out of its original spot. And then all these people seem to just facet the diamond for personal reasons. They want it for vanity. When it was on display for everyone to appreciate before in a temple, um, and now it's being passed around for like people's vanity and you see all these people that touch it and have it and wear it for these reasons, you know, have untimely deaths. But then once it's back in the Smithsonian, unless you're, you know, believing Andrew theory, well, it's now cursed the entire United States. Uh, <laughs> it's seemingly not done harm now because it's kind of back in the situation where it's to be observed by everyone, like how it should have been in the start. Right. Well, the one really, I don't, I'm sorry. I've, I hope we didn't already touch on this because I've had a few fucking drinks. Well, I might a few, few wobbly pops. But um, like remember when you're talking about the phosphorescence and it, it it glows red. Yeah. Right. That is unlike any other blue fucking stone ever. No, it's this is the only one that they know of that glows red when it's fucking put. What yeah. kind of light? Though? It's got any type ultra of light. Violent. Oh, ultraviolet light. Ultraviolet light. Ultraviolet. ultraviolet. It's the only one that fucking glows red. Like, what? What do we There's associate very unique that property fucking color for that, with? That diamond. So no, right? no other diamond. I mean, this is a blue diamond, an actual diamond, not like a sapphire stone. So no other diamond <laughs> glows red except for this one that they know of. That we know of, other than the Hope Diamond. And, and I'm, a, I'm a getting a little tipsy here off the claws. Um, but what I was saying <laughs> was like, all, the sapphire is believed to do all these positive things, but if. I'm gonna say if if there's a if there's a positive aspect to a stone, there's got to be a polar opposite stone as well. Well, that's what I mean because you you're, you're saying sapphire, right? 
Yeah, well, I'm saying these are the properties that a blue sapphire does. And I'm like, well, you look at that. It sounds good. But it also sounds like the Hope Diamond does polar opposite of all these things. So maybe this is the yin to the yang kind of thing. Well, I mean, a diamond and a sapphire are different, though, right? Like, I, well, they and, are different. And, yes, yes, they are different. That's what I'm saying. It's like yeah. they have different properties. Yeah, but well, what's what, a diamond like property I, then? Like, what's a diamond supposed to do? So maybe like a blue diamond is like a mixture of the two. Of like a well, in, in Hindu culture, actually, a blue diamond... It signifies fucking evil, apparently. Ah, uh, yeah. According to this fucking documentary, I watched about it. Fair enough. Well, I mean, that would make more sense yeah. if you stole this. Well, I mean, so say it's 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 fine if you're looking at it, and as soon as you steal it, boom! Now you got a fucking curse. Well, maybe it's one of those things where it's like it amplifies like a sin. Like if you want it for personal gain or vanity or something, mm. right? Like it then befalls the curse upon you. Right? Well, it, there is personal vanity because fucking Winston, the guy who donated to the Smithsonian, what's that entire exhibit fucking named? I don't know. It, what, is it Harry Winston or Henry Winston? Harry Winston. Harry Winston fucking wing of the Smithsonian. It's named after him. Yeah. That's fucking vanity. How did he uh, go? Uh, he also like, has most of his jewels in there. I think he donated yeah, a, lot, exactly. a lot of jewels to the Smithsonian. Trying to show everybody how balling he is. I'm so fucking balling. This thing's worth three point five million dollars, and I'm like, here, just take it. Yeah. Just put it on show. Show everybody how fucking balling but, I am. I don't but you have fuck. to name the exhibit after me. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, but maybe that wasn't up to him. Maybe they, the Smithsonian. Gonna, what are they going to do? Obviously, they're going to name it after him. Yeah, it's like when. So, so yeah, I would posit the theory. I would posit the theory that perhaps, perhaps it's not so much the stone itself or it's not it's not the type of stone but where it was taken from because other stones that were mined from the golconda mines in india also have curses associated with them so i had mentioned before one of the other ones was called the koinor diamond which in Persian means mountain of light this one is also cursed it's cursed because uh this one was acquired by mughal ruler uh ruler shah jahan in 1628 uh, who was eventually dethroned in a coup that was led by his son, and then he was imprisoned in a fort until his death. Uh, along with the curse associated with it, it's said that the stone is not to be worn, like legend holds that the the stone is not to be worn by males. It should only be worn by females, and that way it will not, it, it doesn't affect them, or they're the only ones that can wear it. So in 1849, <laughs> when the stone became Queen Victoria's, after... Uh, after Punjab was annexed uh, from Britain, she, uh, you know, from her on, it only British, only women in the British royal family have ever worn the diamond, and it still belongs to them. And it's okay. Now it's 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 also interesting that like I was kind of looking at like um, I kind of got into a little astrology here, but like some of these gems ha have to be worn under certain like certain moons and certain like astrology patterns, like it, only when Saturn's riding or Venus is in retrograde Gatorade or whatever. Yeah. yeah. You have <laughs> okay. to wear these stones to give the powers. And if you're not wearing them in that time, they can actually give you negative effects. So part of me wondered is if maybe like a stone like this as rare, like this, you know, going to like astrology combination, like maybe it's just not being utilized in the right you know, astrological sign where it's way off, right? It's a billion years old. Who knows when, you know, the stars align for this oh. stone to give off the proper powers. 
I mean, everybody knows you got to fucking recycle in order to fucking summon Captain Planet. So maybe these guys aren't recycling. Maybe they're fucking littering and just being pieces of shit. Hey, if, so if we go back and we can date each of the deaths of these people and we find that a certain astrological pattern, it could yeah, be that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I was looking into. I was like, I wonder that would be an interesting thing to look at. But I mean... The second you get get back to some of these dates, they're just like, between this time, this person died. You're like, all right, well, I'm fucking, I don't know. I don't know. know. Well, yeah, it's the only thing, that's the only problem with topics like this is exact, exact dates are pretty much impossible. I mean, you can, like some of the, like the royalty you can find out, but some of the other people are like, "Eh, I don't know. You know, it'd be interesting to look into, like, obviously that thing gets a cleaning and people obviously handle it. I would imagine, right? Once in a while, yeah. I wonder Fuck if that. any. I wonder if any Smithsonian employees have, you know. There's there's legend apparently that w- the the postman who delivered the Hope Diamond died. Yep. Yes. Oh, there is there's rumor of that happening. I'm not sure if that. I'm, I don't think it's been 100 percent substantiated. I can't remember. I have it somewhere. I think, I think yeah, Andrew will have it in his paper notes somewhere. You got to backtrack a bit. So James Todd, the mailman who delivered the diamond to the Smithsonian, apparently had his leg crushed in a track accident, accident shortly after, and then he also suffered a head injury in a separate accident. Wait, a trek or a truck? Oh, truck. Oh, what do you think? Well, I don't know. And trek. Like he could have been trekking and crushed his leg. I don't fucking know. Well, yeah, and his house burnt down, Zell. Well, this he's Ugh. shouldn't burnt have touched down. the fucking Hope Diamond then. Well, and see, and see, no, some of these in Hindu culture, some of these, some of these gems and stuff give you like. Are supposed to give you very good fortune so it's like this this is the opposite the opposite the polar opposite is happening well, don't steal one. them yeah don't steal it Marlo's not necessarily the stealing but the cutting of the stone i think also like you're well but tavernier tavernier never cut it he just stole it and he got ripped apart by fucking can we dogs. call him can Gigs. we refer to him it's true what's what was his first name Cavernier? Jocks, probably. Was it Jean-Baptiste? <laughs> yeah. Probably something we, like that. Jean-Baptiste. From this point forward, can we re- refer to him only as Zorg? Zorg? Why Zorg? Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg? That's all I think of when I hear Jean-Baptiste. You don't know the fucking guy from Fifth Element? Oh, it's been a while, brother. Holy Sorry. Fuck. Sorry. Zorg. I don't know, man. Hey, I don't listen, know his full I, name. <laughs> I put a fucking hilarious video of a chihuahua singing the song from fucking... Yeah, I'm that was good. That Fifth was a pretty good. One. And only the Dan diva, left. the None diva song. Did. It was hilarious. Was good. You guys didn't appreciate. I haven't it. seen Fuck Fifth you. Element. In I thought it was 10 funny. Years. It was. I Dan laughed. I laughed. Right? Didn't. All right, we're, we're gonna do a watch along Fifth Element because this is ridiculous. It, it is a great movie, but it's been a long time. I'm I'm due for um, a rewatch. Final thoughts on Hope Diamond Cell. What do you think? Hey, I mean, I believe that stuff. I mean, I believe in stuff more than just our physical plane. I always have. So if there is some type of gemstone that's super rare that people for some reason think of it as the bones of the god and they display it so people can, you know, appreciate it. And then you got guys stealing it. If there is like a higher dimension and these gods, like, I don't know, maybe they're, it could even just be fucking with us. And like, you know, yeah, these gems are rare and valuable and they do this. And so someone steals it and it, the trail of death and destruction and gangrene and everyone dying in the wake of this fucking diamond. I mean, a lot of it is not substantiated 100%. So a lot of it is myth. But just the amount of people dying in the wake of it, it makes me think like, possibly. Possibly this is a, this is a cursed thing. And I mean, it's on display now. 
So I guess if you're to really prove the curse, someone's got to steal it and see see what happens. Nick, C- Nick Cage, no, you're up. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't even put into words right now how disappointed I am. Why? I thought for sure Zell's going to be like, well, it ca- obviously came down in the meteor strike and fucking Drunk Dryas. <laughs> no, no, Younger Dryas. <laughs> they got their hands on his curse and it's alien. Younger Dryas is only, you know, well, the oldest Dryas, 14,000 years. And this thing was like this diamond. Diamonds are a billion years old. They've been cooked yeah. in the pressure of the earth. This is not the same thing. There we go. This is before. This is what I'm here for. This is before I was here. This is, this diamond is beyond me, beyond my realm. I have no idea. But I'm, I believe, I'm on, I believe it's I'm on cursed. board with I'm on board with you, Zell. Like I, I too believe that like you know, these things are beautiful and you know, we covet them, but I think there's a un, like a hidden reason why. And I think it's there's a power to them and an energy to them that we don't understand. We we like if it's not on this plane or another, we just don't know why we're drawn to these things, but we are. Um, you, you want to wear gems and gold and this stuff. We're all like, there's really no reason. We're just drawn to these things. And I think it's, uh, some of these things have a power that we don't understand. And I think this, this one really amplifies negative energy. I think it picks up, uh, you know, negative energy when you're holding it and when you're coveting it. And, you know, just even when you, if you, you're looking at your, you throw that, fucking thing on you look at yourself in the mirror you're like look at me <laughs> like it just dr- picks that negative energy and the fact that the one girl um the evelyn at the end walsh. evelyn walsh says she's like it spoke to me like i yearned for it after the weekend i couldn't let it go like dude that's some one ring shit you know what i mean like yeah dude that's some bilbo yeah, that's some Put bilbo baggage pointy teeth weird eyes precious yeah yeah, man. Schmeagle. Yeah, it's uh, Schmeagle Walsh. It's making Schmeagles out of everyone. Now, I, I that's what I believe. I believe this, you know, this this diamond might be one of the rarest on Earth. And I'm like, if there's not some hidden properties to it that we don't understand, and you're just going to be like, oh, there's not a chance there's hidden properties. Oh. I was like, you're fucking out to lunch. I mean, personally, like, there's a lot of death here to attribute to coincidence and you know, happenstance and just the way she goes, but <laughs> you got to look into this, this, you know what I mean? This stone or sorry, gem or diamond was discovered in the 1600s. Life fucking sucked back then and didn't get easy until fucking, you know, it's somewhat recently life was hard. People died. People died of ridiculous reasons. We had barely any fucking like our medical knowledge back then. Zero. Super limited. Like I already touched bleaches and fucking, you know what I mean? All that type of shit. And like one of the major things we didn't even touch on is the fact that Evelyn Walsh, when she bought this diamond, went and got a fucking exorcism <laughs> on the diamond oh, to ward away fucking that. demons. Right? But maybe like, that's she, why she didn't get so fucked up for a while. She well, but Possibly. maybe potentially. But at the same time, it's like, you know what I mean? Like this was a long time ago and life was hard. And when you got sick, you would gangrene. He probably like nowadays you get gangrene. You're going to get fucking fixed. It's all good. Like well, these people. Well, I don't know if it's well, all you good. Don't get, no, no, but you don't get to that point yeah, is what I'm trying to catch it. Before. You know what I mean? Like, and, and you know, that being said, you've got better said, stuff in your I, closet I, than they did. I don't want to poo poo this because this is fucking awesome. I really enjoyed this. And I want to believe that if Indiana Jones was a r- real person, he would have fucking punched Tavernay's fucking head off, took the stone and put that shit in a museum right away. So. It's cool. I really like this. It was awesome. Uh, it is a is a 
fantastic mm-hmm. stone with a fascinating history. Um, and I'm sure most of the diamonds, just like the Kohinoor and the ones that came from that uh, that same mine, these world famous diamonds, all have uh, colorful histories that go with them because just of the people who have owned them. Uh, part of what uh, Andrew says, you know, it's like extraordinary people meet death in extraordinary ways sometimes you have these um back then history was violent and deadly and you know mortality was quite high so dying for stupid reasons wasn't unusual but some of the stuff that you have this this diamond kind of floating through through history causing all these misfortunes whether some of them are uh perhaps are holy fabrications or exaggerations the fact that it is, I am sure when people take it out and clean it, like I'm 100% sure you, you have knowledge of the curse of the hope diamond. And I, <laughs> I, I am sure there are probably people who take it out and clean it and are just like, they're thinking about it. It's in their head. It occupies a space in their mind where there are, there's I'm, a list. Yeah. <laughs> There's a list and it's like, fuck, I got to be the guy to do it. No. And they, and they treat it. They probably treat it as such, but it's also the fact that we observe um, some of the the things in these curses, like the Kohinoor diamond, where only females in the British Royal family are allowed to wear it. Uh, The fact that that that's just a consideration, whether it's tradition or whatever, it's just, that seems really nuts that you're like, they told you that only women should, should wear the stone. And we're going to say, okay, only women are going (laughs) to wear the stone. Uh, you know, taking into consideration there's a fucking curse on it. <laughs> there's a strict no selfie rule on the diamond now. They're like, yeah, so, um, you know, part of it is also what Braden says that perhaps these stones, these objects do absorb our our energies or our negative emotions or something like that. And the, this being such a rare stone, this being such a unique stone and the properties that uh, that it has Perhaps there is something more than than what you see beyond the the facets and the the, the brilliant reflections within the diamond. There's something more in there that takes in these emotions, turns you into schmeagles, whatever. <laughs> you could say whether it's uh, yeah, it's the covetedness, covetedness. It's the uh, you know, it's it's whatever you want to call it that people take this diamond and whether it affects the way that they live their lives, perhaps they, or whether it directly causes things to happen. That's probably up for debate, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. Things like these are just like, I, I I probably wouldn't touch it. Like I wouldn't want to handle it. (laughs) Like if I handled it, I'd have like welding gloves on. (laughs) I just feel like just to be safe. Bro, I don't even want to play Ouija, and it's made by fucking Hasbro. I'm not touching that Dude, fucking thing. I'm not even going in that exhibit. Yeah, but if we, if we talk about intentions, if you go with the intention, like no, nothing bad. Like you don't want to take this for personal gain. Maybe you're fine. Like if you're just cleaning, right. if you're just cleaning it, maybe. Right, if you're just yeah. cleaning it, I'm not fucking playing maybes, bro. No, thank if you. If you're the guy who cleans it and pockets it and fucking jumps out the door, you probably get hit by a bus and die instantly. Yeah, you go to <laughs> clean it. You go to clean it, and the other guy's like, "Hey, where'd the gem go?" And the one guy's like, "Huh." interesting Ooh. it's right here in my pocket <laughs> why should i give it up why should i it's mine it belongs to me he just tosses if it you on ever, the um yeah if you're ever in washington washington dc and you get the chance to go to the smithsonian natural history museum go check it out it is super cool there are actually uh, like you know a hundred other 
gems in their collection which are fantastic and probably haunted yeah if you really get a chance to go see it take a look because it's super cool boom all right um why don't we fire up the randomatron see what it spits out all right here we go Printing out something different today. Oh, this is new. This is new. All right. The t heading that says no space news. It says Craig News. Craig's News. Craig's News. Not a lot of space news. So the randomatron spit out Craig's News. And it goes over interesting stories or topics that popped up. Uh, in the world this week, and obviously we can't not mention the absolute fuckery going on on Wall Street right now uh, with stock manipulation and shit, with all the GameStop stuff. Um, I mean, everyone's been following this story. It's huge. Um, basically, the hedge fund shorted GameStop. Uh, Reddit and a bunch of other people said, hey, we love video games and we love GameStop even though they fucked us on any video game return or trade-in I've ever done. Uh, and we're going to save the company. And they bought the shares to fuck over the hedge funds. Now these hedge funds, you know, obviously control a lot of power. And Thursday last week basically shut every retail investor out from buying uh, GameStop stocks well, on they Thursday. Shut, they shut down. So... A hedge fund is just like a pool of investors that decide what they're going to do with money. It's like a, a fan. It's like a newer thing. It's like a fancier way to like complex trade in a huge pool. And they all, a lot of times, you know, they get together and they'll bet against. If you watch the big short, this is similar to like the put options put on the, like the housing market back then. Like, so they're betting on GameStop to fail. So they make money and then. What, what was it on Reddit? It was called uh, Wall, Wall Street, Street Bets. Bets. Wall Street Bets. They're all like, you know what? We love video games. Fuck these guys. Let's if we all invest, we're gonna have to we're gonna over we're gonna have to reverse. They're gonna reverse their put options. They're gonna have to invest back in the company so they don't lose all their money. And it went up. What did it go up in like one day? It went up from it's like four hundred percent or something. It's it's trading higher than it ever has. It's. Like within a week, it was like it was like fifty dollars, and it went up to like almost four hundred dollars. GameStop shares have soared one thousand seven hundred percent in a week. Bananas, days, bananas, right? Um, that's fucking crazy. Yes. But the more conspiracy aspect to this story that drives me fucking crazy is that two folds on this is that one is that every retail investor was not able to buy the stock, but was able to sell. And even some people reporting that apps like Robinhood were selling their stock without their permission. Like they were just selling off their stock. What? Their position how? in GameStop. Exactly. How? There, how do they do that? That's fucking that's illegal. How is that legal? There's, it's not. It's, it's not. not legal. There's it's not. There's a there's a Okay, right so now, there's, there's gonna be ramifications. There's a class obviously. action right. there's, lawsuit. There's people putting together class action lawsuits. There's already been a couple that have been leveled at Robin Hood already about this stuff. 
But so basically what's happened is, is that Wall Street's been like, motherfucker, these fuckers are fucking at us at, us, at our own game. Time to change the rules. So you're telling me these motherfuckers are using inside information to make money just like these all these other Wall Street assholes mm -hmm. do yep. all the fucking time. Now, the other interesting thing is I found is that, you know, as of today, this is Monday all weekend. If you've been following the news and stuff, mainstream media has been nonstop saying that, oh, all these, you know, Melvin Capital and Citadel, they're all out of their short positions uh, they they bought out of the short positions and that Reddit has now focused on silver. Uh, they're not interested in GameStop anymore. But False. that's not the case at all. False. They like these big hedge funds are still in the same position they are, but are now paying off seemingly mainstream media to run these fucking stories to try to trick retail investors to sell their GameStop shares. It's absolutely mind-boggling. Not only that, that these people who have never Boggling. called for regulation in the stock market, they, they've been doing this since the stock market began. They're now on mainstream news, calling for regulations, calling the traders f who form conglomerates on Reddit, on internet conspiracy forums. Greedy. They're calling them greedy, and they should be regulated. And you're these, like, are you kidding me? You've been doing this for years. This is honestly the greatest form of I didn't think there was a way to unite the United States after the fuckery of last year, but this has seemingly united the United States against a common ed enemy and that's fucking billionaires pricks because it's 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 so great to see and if you are one of those people that are holding uh, a bunch of GameStop shares or AMC shares, we're not giving you any kind of financial advice. But fucking kudos to you. We bow to you. Dude. Fucking awesome. Put the fire to these motherfuckers. Milk them dry. And, and join fucking Patreon, but, yeah, please. Yeah. Careful. <laughs> yeah. When it goes, when those stocks go to the mood, make sure you come back to the boys. Toss the boys. As of Friday, the hedge funds put investing and put options against GameStop have lost $19 billion. Good. Good. So that's that's a, that's a transfer of wealth to individual investors, right? I mean, it, this is once it's in the news now. Unfortunately, there's gonna be a lot of people that buy in and they're gonna lose their money eventually. But that doesn't. We're not saying we're not telling you to do or don't do anything. If you're in, you're in. That's good. But I'm saying they've lost 19 billion. These people who bet against this company, it's insane. Crazy. Yeah, and they stand to lose more and yeah, more. They, to be, yeah. Every day they don't buy back the shares they're losing interest millions yeah. and millions of dollars on interest. And I can't imagine buying these fucking ads and these, you know, mainstream media stories is, I bet that's a pretty penny as well. So they're pulling out all the stops, but this is a real life trading place, right? It's, it's unbelievable. This is this awesome. one of the big, biggest it. transfers of wealth in the stock market to individual investors of all time. Melvin capital, which was the main hedge fund has lost 53%. Of their value Good. suck it melvin suck it that's you know what like, like them apples i think any reasonable person would say like it shouldn't be allowed you shouldn't be allowed to short a company 153 percent of the shares so you're shorting the company more shares than there are available you that shouldn't be allowed but yet it is because these people make fucking bank off you know off covid19 fucking over businesses 
Um, me personally, I like movies. I like video games. So I've invested in both because I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll, uh, I'll not a lot. Obviously, I bought in late, so I'm not, I'm not making, I'm not making millions off this deal. No, but <laughs> I stand to probably lose most of my portfolio on it. But no, we had, we had heard from people though who's like, yeah, I bought in back in December for eighteen bucks and I sold at four hundred and fifty dollars a share. And you're like, yeah, good for you, good for you, fuck yeah. And kudos, to, yeah. like I said, kudos to everyone joining in that it's 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 like a it's like a weird financial protest. It is, right? It's uh it's a very interesting thing. And you know what's funny? Maybe we'll see some regulation out of this because no one likes to do like no one will regulate anything when the rich are making money. But goddamn, will they regulate when the poor are making money? Yeah, when a million small investors each put in a few hundred bucks, and a thousand big investors put in ten million each. You know, the irony right? of the fucking app being called Robin Hood is just fucking amazing. <laughs> What's uh, the king's dude. name in, in Robin Hood? Is it King George? King, King Richard. Richard. No, yeah, no, no, it's King no. Richard. We should the make Lionheart. Yeah, you should no, make no. it. King John. King John. Yeah, King, oh, King John. John. King uh, Richard's the good one. We should make a rival app called King John. <laughs> uh, it's wild times. I mean, I, I did not get in on it and I'm not going to, but if you did and you scored big, let us know your story because that's fucking cool. I bought AMC, some GameStop, and Knock, and dude, the volatility has been... Honestly, I, I, I didn't invest life savings or anything, just enough that I was comfortable investing you're betting and it's a it's a fucking wild yeah. ride daily like i wake it's up money i would blow at a casino it's or something like, holy yeah. up and down i'm like holy fuck it's what's gonna happen gamble. next but yeah if you got in early man people if you invested like 500 bucks just a few months ago you 1600 percent is your profit yep. yep that's fucking crazy right? um that's it for craig's news we wanted to touch on that story i i mean we're going to have to probably do a financial case file again soon about like the fucking once all There'll this be fallout, there'll be weird stuff coming oh, yeah. out later. Oh yeah. Once uh... people have asked us for like, do the federal reserve. I mean, it's not a federal, it's a private conglomerate of banks who print money. I mean, there's lots of crazy financial stuff we can talk about and we'll get there eventually. But the Randomatron did something weird. Oh, spit out an extra one today. Mongoose style, baby. Woo! Gotta love that fucking song. Fucking awesome. Also, I'm gonna add Colberry is actually putting together the whole song and we'll be releasing it. We'll be the first. ASAP. We'll be the first to put it, it fucking up. rips. My face is currently melted from it. Mm. It's awesome. Good shit. So, as the beginning of these things, like always, you know. Of course. This happened to a friend of a friend of a friend of mine. But to make the story, you know, flow nicely, I'm gonna make it first person, but as you know, having a friend of a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to bring it a little further back than I normally do. So this story is going to start actually at the station. So what happens in this certain ambulance service that our friend of a friend works, you know, every once in a while you, you have your regular partner and every once in a while your partner will book off, whether it's sick, vacation, whatever it is. And we have this pool of employees that are usually part-time or irregular staff members is what we'll call them. You know, we have this pool. And on this particular day, our friend of a friend showed up to work and realized that his regular partner had booked off. So he had one of these people from the pool 
And a lot of times, these people from the pool are staff that have recently retired and come back to work on a part-time basis. And unfortunately for this particular ambulance service, there is no required age of retirement. Mm. And the partner for today was definitely pushing the limits of that fucking age. <laughs> he was of a certain demographic. Nay, not that there's anything you know, wrong with that. No, no not that there's wrong. anything wrong with it because this certain demographic can actually be leaned on a lot of times because they're very useful. They have fast knowledge. Yeah, they got snacks fast on them. Knowledge. They got like fucking they got snacks. They got Werther's usually. A pocket yeah, full they got of lots of cool stuff. <laughs> but unfortunately, those weird for strawberry this, candies that you yeah. can't find anywhere oh, else. I love those. Do you get little slivers in your tongue? Yeah, I hate those fucking candies. But anyway, so this certain breath mints, you know, had had a few different ailments that would have rendered him maybe un unable to work. But since there's no recent physicals, he's still showing up at work. Uh, for the sake of the story, we're going to name this certain employee, Mister Magoo. Now, Mr. Magoo wears hearing aids. And Mr. Magoo, in this certain situation, decided to take his earplug or his ear, his uh, hearing aids out because the sirens are a little bit too loud when his earplug, his hearing aids are in. So we get dispatched. Boom. As soon as we walk in. Assault. Dropped call. Unknown age. Unknown significance of injuries. Code three to this address stage, which means stage, you know what I mean? Stay, you know, in a certain vicinity of the call, but you have to be in a safe range away from it for the police to arrive before you and make sure the scene is safe. So we rolled this call code three. Mr. Magoo takes his earplugs out of his ears and puts on his hearing protectors. Mm. We're cruising, moving to this call. And out of nowhere, someone runs into the middle of the street, flagging us down, waving us down. And as we get a little bit closer, you notice this frantic individual from head to toe is covered in blood. So right away, you're like, oh, shit, something's going on. This could potentially be our patient from this assault call. So we pull over. I look over at Mr. Magoo and I said, hey, listen, don't worry. I'll get him right in the ambulance. I'll let you know if we need any help. This gentleman met me outside and walks right in the back of the ambulance. He's ambulatory. He's walking. Fantastic. Good sign. He's well enough to walk. That's great. Get him in the back. Sit him on the bed. Give the partner a wave. Mr. Magoo, go ahead and proceed to the hospital. Routine. Code two, which means routine. No lights and sirens is okay for now. So we're sitting in the back of the ambulance. And I'm talking to this gentleman and I'm going over, you know, and I'm like, you know, what happened today, sir? Are you okay? You know, let's have a fucking quick look at your injuries. What's going on? And he says, and he doesn't say anything. And he sits there staring at, at me blankly. And he's not answering any of my questions. And it's very concerning. I'm like, okay, does this man have a head injury? Why isn't he talking to me? He's obviously injured. He's covered in blood. So I start going over him from head to toe. We call it an RBS, a rap, rapid body survey as we're moving towards the hospital. And I, you know what I mean? I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. And I can't really, I don't find any injuries. I don't find any lacerations. And I'm like, this is a little bit weird. This is concerning. Like, I don't, where, where is this blood coming from? And I'm finally like, where are you hurt? What's happening? And he looks at me, he's like, I'm not hurt. 
I'm like, okay, so where's this blood coming from? He's like, I hurt somebody. Oh, fuck. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, you know, and right away I kind of, you know, I, I think I'm like, okay, no problem. And I grab my radio and I'm just like, no. Hey, Bill, uh, do you want to go ahead and call the code fives here? Uh, we just have to do some quick treatments on this patient. And code five is a code for the police. Right. So usually you use code five because you don't want to let the patient know that you're calling the police. And the patient kind of looks at me a little bit weird. And he's like, well, I told you I'm not injured. I don't need any treatments. I'm like, oh, it's completely routine. You know what I mean? You look like you've lost a lot of blood. Maybe we'll start an IV on you, whatever. Like, don't worry, man. Everything's okay. And the ambulance is still rolling. And we're on a major highway system. And I'm assuming maybe he hasn't found a good spot to pull over. So I go on the mic again. I say, Magoo, we need to pull over, please. You know, meet the code fives. <laughs> and Magoo keeps fucking rolling. And the patient looks at me and says, I told you I'm not fucking hurt. I don't need any fucking treatments. And you can see he's getting agitated and his eyes keep getting wider and wider. I'm like, hey, man, no problem. Everything's okay. And one unfortunate thing with these ambulances is when they're moving, the doors lock automatically, automatically. So you can't get out the back when the car is moving and this car is moving. And the patient kind of stands up and I ask him, like, hey, man, listen, everything's fine. Just sit down. You know what I mean? I'm going to go sit over there. And right away, I'm starting to realize I'm like, you know what? This this guy's pretty big and pretty fucking scary. Mm. And I just, mm. you know, I don't know why I asked him, but I'm like, so, you know, like what happened? You know, and he's like, that's none of your fucking business. I said, that's fine. I'm just going to go sit over here. And he said, well, looks like you're locked in here with me for the fucking ride. And I'm like, OK cool you mind sitting down and he said no i don't think i'm going to oh fuck and he starts taking a few steps towards me and i'm like i don't really know what's going on so i decide to raise my voice like i'm dealing with a bear and trying to get a little bigger <laughs> than i am unfortunately i'm not very big so the patient then proceeds to grab me and pin me down on the ground and you know there comes a certain time where you see a look in somebody's eyes and you realize that you don't really have any fucking options <laughs> You know, you get that fucking stare where you're like, okay, That's well, my this purse. is happening. I don't know you. <laughs> exactly. Stranger, motherfucking danger. And he lifts his fist and he starts slamming it into my fucking face. I panic and grab the nearest object I have. And that happens to be my radio. And I unclip my radio from my belt and start smashing it up against this gentleman's head. My radio breaks and the man is still hitting me. I then realize we have a button on our radio, which we press to call a code 33, which will dispatch every fucking police officer within a general vicinity to your immediate location. Oh, yep. My radio is now Busted. broken and that code 33 button does no, no longer works. I then proceed to fight for my life. Um, You know, I do have some background of fucking jujitsu and whatnot so i try my best to immobilize this gentleman long story short it's a fucking 12 minute ride to the hospital from where we are mr magoo proceeds to get out of the ambulance when we're at the hospital casually open the back doors and i have our patient who is covered in blood in a fucking triangle choke choking his fucking <laughs> life away 
with my nose painted to the fucking side of my cheek and leaking blood all over the place because I got my fucking ass whooped. And Mr. Magoo looks at me and goes, oh, what happened? The fuck you think happened, Magoo? He's got his earplugs on. He's all oh my God, dude. He still had his earplugs on everything. And he looks at me just staring at me. And I'm like, go get somebody. Go get fucking security. I don't want to die today, please. <laughs> oh, fuck. Shit. Is it even legal to drive it with earplugs in? <sighs> Doesn't matter for him, Apparently, I guess. I don't know. It's a good question. It took four times our normal dose of medaz, which is a, our sedative, to sedate this guy in order to get me to let go of him. What, uh... He didn't stop fucking... He didn't go out. I had... I promise you. I just... Or a friend of a friend of ours had this triangle choke locked in for at least five minutes, squeezing the fuck out of this guy's neck. Full pressure on both carotid arteries. You should be fucking snoozing. How, how big is this guy we talking? Nope. I mean, everybody's big to me. Are we talking like a, like a I want to say six? he was at least fucking. I I want to say he's at least fucking six four, six five. Like two fifty plus. Didn't go down. Didn't go to sleep. Not once. And it took four times the normal dose of our medaz, our medazolan, our sedative drug, to put this guy to sleep. I wouldn't let go. Everybody's like, let go, let go. I'm like, I'm not letting go until this guy's fucking snoring. What? Was he on something? He was on fucking PCP. So another fucking story, and I'm not going to name the fucking place, but six months later, this gentleman was brought into a certain hospital in the Southern Okanagan for a psych evaluation where he beat the psychiatrist to death. To death? To death. Our friend of a friend of ours was this close to fucking dying. God. Thank God for a fucking Bush League jujitsu class. And <laughs> yeah. A women's self-defense course. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Back off, get your own sandwich. Yeah. Well, that's fucked up. M Mongoose yeah. file. Holy. There we go. Um, I just realized the date. Uh, I was supposed to draw a winner for the meat draw today. So that will be oh. announced uh, probably roughly an hour after the show. Well, no. <laughs> so, no, you're, you're fine because the it hasn't been finalized, the Patreon. Oh, is it not? The Patreon hasn't gone through yet? No, because it gives them a few extra days after the oh, first. Oh, okay. Well, I, okay. So yeah, next yeah, week. Yeah, next week, you're right. good. Next week. Okay. Next week, you're good. I said that it would be announced by the first, but, well, whatever. It's it's all <laughs> The first, it always takes a few extra days, so. Yeah. If you're, well, <laughs> next next case file, Mitra for January, will be announced. No big deal. It'll probably be announced on socials before then, but. Yeah. But, exactly. If you're not on our socials next week, you'll hear it. Now, theory. Wait, of the wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before this, before you give a theory of the week, I just got to give a special thank you um, to two people for the Mitro. This week, or this month's Mitro, we got a bonus shirt uh, from Patreon supporter Trent R, who was entitled a shirt. I was going to send him a shirt, and he said, hey, can you donate it to the Mitro? And I said, oh, that's if that's cool. what you want... I will donate a shirt. So I, the meat draw for February, you're getting a sweater, you're getting a mug, you're getting a sticker, and you're getting a bonus t-shirt, and you're getting uh, Succubus by R.T. Graver. It's a good goddamn cool. meat draw. And in March, oh, yeah. we got another fucking beauty Patreoner, Brock Masters, donated his shirt to the meat draw. God so you're going to get damn. a sweater, a t-shirt, a mug, and a sticker. Fucking legends. Fucking legends. What a haul. Yeah. Fucking haul, man. Yeah, fuck yeah. Thank you. 
more more encouragement to join Patreon to potentially win because we have amazing other fucking Patreon members that will donate cool shit. Yeah. People on there on Patreon on Discord are just absolute beauties. And uh this week I got this week I'm going with theorites of the week because you have to. Braden, you already said you uh, already said the one. So there's a book coming out from a Patreon supporter on our Discord. RT is it Graver? Grover. Graver. Graver. It's RT R- Graver, R- I think. RT Graver wrote a book called Succubus. It just came out last week. You can find it on rtgraver.com. Real name is Rob. RT Graver is the author name. Writing a full-length novel is no small feat. So RT Graver, Rob, hat off to you. Cheers for that. That is amazing. That's going to be included in the meat draw. Also, Theorites of the Week. There's just so many good people, it's hard to just give it a couple. So this week, I got this fucking package on oh, my doorstep. I'm so jealous. I got this. I'm so fucking I got jealous. This pack, it's not, it's for, it's for the show, but it came to me. Yeah, it, but it's, you have, have it in, in my hands. hands. So fuck you. <laughs> uh, I think we should share it in some sort of fucking, like. Like a traveling like, pants. Timeshare. Timeshare or something. <laughs> like a sister to traveling sister pants. Sister to the traveling pants. I just send this fucking sword around. So I. Brotherhood of the traveling sword. <laughs> I was that should I, be our cult name. Dude, like last <laughs> like last package of the day it was like five o'clock. I get this I get a knock on the door, sends my dog into Tizzy as normal. I go outside. There's this it looks like a small gun case. And I was like, I didn't fucking order anything. I was like expecting my PC parts for my new PC. So it's a little gun case, it looks like. I, I bring it in, I cut the I cut the tape off of it, and I open it up. It's a fucking gladius. A legit you can't even see on the live stream. I got to back up. Like a fucking short sword. <laughs> it's so a legit, cool. like fucking like Roman gladius, Damascus blade. It's not. It's not like a decorative blade. This is a someone forged this fucking blade, and sent it to the studio. So I I had no idea who it was. I found it out. Someone from a while ago said I want to send you guys something. So I gave him the studio address. Kyle Fillion from Ontario, Canada sent Yo, us. What a fucking beauty. A fucking. Damascus Gladius. He did, I thought at first he did it. He built. He actually forged it himself. I guess he ordered one and he got two. But he actually ordered it from a legit forge in California somewhere. So those theorites of the week: R.T. Graver and Kyle Fillion. This sword will live in infamy on the theorite wall of fame back here in the studio forever. I'm just saying, it looks like Ernest. Well, it is, there's no other Ernest, so I'm thinking maybe Zolarius might get a magical sword, a Dano, in uh, Dungeons and Dragons, some type of magical property elf sword, perhaps. But <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I need you guys swinging around during when shit gets heated, dude. And the the sword. <laughs> the, I, the next time Andrew's fucking chirping you, eh? <laughs> you're gonna get fucking <laughs> shanked. shanked. Wait, hey, hey, hey. listen, relax. Oh, and no need to shank anybody. Anyways, it's sharp. Like you could, like it's not like one of those, like a dull sword you buy, like House of Knives in the mall, like a de- decorative fake sword. It's a real forged sword. It's absolutely beautiful. It'll live for infam- live forever, infamously on the wall, wall of fame, theorite wall of fame. So thank you for that. Just awesome people everywhere, on Facebook, on Discord, Patreon, bunch of beauties. We appreciate it. All right, let's uh, let's wrap this episode up with a little. Shout out to our newest Patreon supporters.
If you're not supporting the show, patreon.com slash alien theorist podcast, early access, all the good stuff you hear it every, every fucking week. So let's cut right to it. This week's supporters, Frankie9512 Gutierrez. Oh, this is a great name. Lim Jehe. <laughs> Ian Christensen. Craig. Craig, you supporting the show? Yeah, buddy. You know yeah. I do. There we go. <laughs> supporting the show with our own money. We we'll love it. Kratak, Alien Brownies, and Hunt Warness. Thank you very much for supporting the show. We appreciate it. And as we always say at the end of these things, keep those eyes on the skies. See you in after hours. Rest in peace, Screech.